Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they them. This week we have another guest. They are just back from outer space. It's Bobby. Um, hello. Yeah, um... Well, if you call Scotland outer outer space, then yeah, I'm certain I'm certainly just back from outer space. <laughs> uh, uh, it's certainly just as far, judging by the journey time. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. So today I've uh, I've got I've beat Russell T Davies to the punch in that I kind of want to reboot Doctor Who. Well, I know that Doctor oh. Who, I know it's still running and all, and. I, I, I know they're just about to do a big sixtieth anniversary thing, but I think they should they should fire they should fire Russell and they should have like they should have me do it instead. <laughs> um mostly because first of all, I will alienate the fan base, which is always something that the BBC want. Also, I think uh I I wouldn't bring back the tenth doctor, so that's a big plus. Yeah, I I like David Tennant, and I like the Tenth Doctor, but it does feel weird that Russell's like, okay, let me let me get my old kids back first before I do anything new. Yeah, yeah. I will say, like the the stunt of announcing a new Doctor and then immediately leaking photos of an old one coming back was a bit. I'm not sure where they're going with it, but I hope it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I have alternative plans for the 60th, which most definitely will not happen. And I suppose you could call it a soft reboot rather than an actual reboot. But, um, and, I mean, every year it feels like Doctor Who just goes through a little bit of a reboot. <laughs> yeah, it's a regeneration. There we go. Exactly. So, um, I've got I've got a working title for this arc, and I'm calling it Prehistory. But... Nice. Um... It's it's not entirely to do with dinosaurs. Like I couldn't resist a little bit, but it's not entirely. Um, there is actually like an attempt to engage with the lore. It's not just like flying to the distant past and looking at, you know, extinct mosasaurs. As much as I'd like to make that instead, <laughs> but we'll but we'll do it a little bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll bring a baby Mosasaur back, and it can be a pet for way back when I did a Torchwood reboot. Oh, God. <laughs> it's fine. I said it in Florida. I probably should have gone and listened to that one. We could have tied it in. Oh, I truly could. All I remember from the Torchwood reboot is that I put it in Florida because then they could just use Florida Man as an excuse for all the alien stuff. And also I brought back Chameleon, the robot that no one knows how to work. Hmm. Although Florida Florida man isn't that mostly to do with like diligent record keeping and like publication of all the crimes and stuff that go on around there rather than any particular yeah. It's it's a law or a lack of laws in Florida that's different from the states where it's like in other states they ha- they aren't allowed to put the specific headlines whereas in Florida they are Yeah, it's called the sunshine laws. It's a way to combat um corruption in Florida um because it's really bad there and um it it leads to very interesting situations of just everything is out there for publication no matter how ridiculous it is mm, i mean corruption is kind of torchwood's job so that might be an interesting conflict <laughs> yeah but yeah no i i have yeah, not here we go the i have not said florida anything sunshine in... law 
uh, was passed in 1967, it requires that all meetings of any state, county, or municipal board or commission in Florida be open to the public and declares that actions taken at closed meetings are not binding. There's a couple of exemptions, but otherwise, yeah, you get to know everything. So anyway, Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who. God. Okay, so first of all, uh, I don't know if you got the hint that I sent yesterday, but it was a bit much, I think. I think I said it was Chris Chibnall is a coward and should have gone further. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I get the sense that we need more Thasmin. Oh, well, no, yeah, like, I would put, well, the thing is, I wanted to do, like, more lesbians, but Shuti Gatwa is perfect casting, so I can't really, like, I can't really dispute that, you know... I do want a lesbian TARDIS, but it's not going to happen. I mean, dr dr during the Thirteen era, technically, she would be. The TARDIS can be bisexual. Yeah. In fact, let's just let's just give up on the whole reboot idea and do another Thasman season. <laughs> <laughs> let's, we'll just fit one in real quick. Uh, yeah, we can just, uh, you know, I'm just going to scratch off like my third or fourth story on this list, and I'm going to put in a story which is just Thasman. No. We're just um, we're just writing big finish dramas at this point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, so was Chris Chibnall. Like that sort of deep lore is well, it's certainly deep and it's certainly lore. Yeah, fair enough. Mm -hmm. It's either it's either deep lore or Amazon the company is sentient and a sad boy. <laughs> mm. That episode was weird. Yeah, so my idea for this season, essentially, is that, so, Doctor Who Flux establishes that there's, there's, like, some timey-wimey stuff going on with the, the fugitive Doctor played with Joe Martin, and you get the impression that she's sort of involved in the original containing of time into a, into a singular stream, as it were, because you've got, you've got the Temple of Atropos shit and the Mori, which are those weird looking ladies that supposedly control the flow of time. Okay. Were they, now I haven't seen so, the latest series, uh, because, uh, well, hold on, I don't care about spoilers though. Um, but are the more, were they, were, were the Mori the ladies who were like showed up in the, the, the 10 regeneration thing? No, they're not. So okay. this is a new innovation that Chris Chibnall has, where he, like, when everything's, like, breaking down, he's like, oh, by the way, like, there's this temple where time is controlled, and if, like, if that gets fucked up, then time's not controlled. Okay. I kind of I kind of want to do a 60th anniversary mini-series rather than a series of specials, uh, mostly because... I'm going to be honest, I don't think the 60th anniversary deserves that big of a commemoration. I think it's kind of... It's it's a multiple of 5 and it's a multiple of 10, sure, but it's not a multiple of 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's an anniversary for the sake of an anniversary. Like, yeah, they clearly they just wanted to do an anniversary to pump some viewership numbers up. But people want cameos, so I'm doing cameos. So I want to... I want to do a... I want to go full, fully like in on that that concept of pre-Hartnell doctors and the idea that there was a time before time uh, there was a time before time as it were like the idea that the containment of time is into a singular stream is an innovation that was specifically done by like the time lords or the division or whatever yeah and before then you had a universe that was essentially lawless 
Yeah, and like that's that's something that kind of they hinted at um, th- during previous series, as far as I remember, where like there was the implication that time worked in a specific way while the Time Lords were in charge, and it was a lot more in flux after the Time War. Mm. And I think it's something that Big Finish and the expanded universe have played with a lot. But I think it might it, it might really help to bridge the the divide between people who are really angry about the pre-Hartnell stuff and the people who like really actually quite like Joe Martin's doctor to say that like okay, we can have it both ways. Everything before like the everything before William Hartnell is in this sort of area where time had time had failed to coalesce properly as it as it was and you can do whatever you want with cause and effect before that point and you can tell any stories that you like as long as in theory it ends up at the same place so every because that's another thing that's been played with in the EU the idea that every single possible backstory for the doctor you know like half human or whatever they had going on with the Peter Cushing stuff you've got You've got timelines that have been altered in the past by various enemies or whatever else, but it always ends up in roughly the same place. So we'd be we'd be wedging the timeless child stuff into that area, as it were. Okay. But I don't want to dwell on the timeless child because the the only thing worse than a like a sweeping ratcon is dwelling on a sweeping ratcon because it kind of gives the impression that you're that you're really angry about it. Fair enough. Mm, yeah. Like, the one thing I don't want to do is retcon things. I'm basically saying, we've got this new period that's been opened up to us by recent series, and we've basically been told we can do whatever we want with the lore, and it doesn't matter. So why not just go absolutely nuts? So, uh, because we've got this idea that there's a beginning to time, and there's stuff that predates it, I want to do a season where we can we can fit cameos in, but rather crucially, I don't want to bring back past doctors. Instead, I want to bring back past actors potentially, but in completely new roles. Okay. Okay. So do do like a series of standard Doctor Who type stories that maybe reference some of the older ones or like that play with the format. But you're bringing in characters. You're bringing in characters in new ways, like old characters with new actors in new contexts, mm-hmm. or new characters in different contexts. So that way we get to like bring back Paul McGann or whatever. But we don't. We're not being like terrible about it. We're not dwelling. Okay. I don't know if this sounds good to anyone <laughs> except me. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they they've done that right. before too, though, right? With um Tom Baker showing up. Well, yeah, they did have Tom Baker showing up, but like, that's the curator stuff from the fiftieth, right? Yes, which I also didn't watch. You didn't watch the fiftieth? No, I took I took a break. I stopped watching just before the fiftieth because I wasn't having as much fun as I did before, and then I started watching again for uh, Series 10, solely because I liked Bill's vibe in the promos. Oh, yeah, Bill's vibes are immaculate. We're going to need to work her in here. So, yeah, I was thinking we can start off with a pretty standard episode that introduces the new Doctor Who, but I think probably we want to bring back the amnesia plot from the TV movie. Uh, specifically, I want to do this so that we have a doctor who doesn't know very much about their past, and they're discovering the universe as if it were new. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, because I think that brings us, that brings us to, like, a slightly more grounded spot, but also because if the Doctor doesn't remember, like, everything, then we can bring back old enemies and so on, but we can, we can, we can change anything that, we can change anything we want and it won't be an issue. Like, we can bring back the Daleks, for example, but we can treat them as entirely new monsters. So we're we're sort of maneuvering the show into a space where we're not being held back by old lore, but we can bring it back if we want to. Kind of like the, you know, the Star Wars, the Star Wars EU. You know what happened with that? Like they got rid of everything and they started over. Exactly. Yeah. No more giant weasel. This, you know, this is the second week in a row where we've had someone complain about the Star Wars EU being jettisoned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And first episode, I think. It needs to be really basic, but then we can move into, like, once we've done our introduction, I've got, like, a really good idea that I think needs to be made. Um, I think we want, I want to do a historical for the second episode. Uh, do you know, like, I've mentioned this before because I'm kind of obsessed with her, but you know the journalist Nellie Bly? Yes. Yes. So I want to do something about her journey around the world, but perhaps like she's, because timekeeping is such a big deal with going around the world, perhaps she's gotten her hands on like a fob watch or something that's like Gallifreyan technology and she's being pursued by some sort of team that are trying to take it off of her, but she doesn't know it. And we've got like, we've got the doctor and we've got our new companion and they kind of need to like chaperone her and make sure that she makes the journey safely without being like without catching wind of any of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. she would probably assume it's people trying to get back at her from the Asylum Exposé. And the, yes. Yeah, and exactly. 13, I'm, because, I'm assuming 13 and Yasmin are the people protecting her at this time, or? Um, we can... Probably we're going to be using a new doctor, but yeah, probably ought to establish a new doctor first. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to... I just wanted to get that pitch out there, because, like, Russell T. Davies, hire me. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that, that's a a great starting point. So then the yeah, the new doctor and the companion are like, yeah, we're they're they're definitely from the asylum and so we're just going to make sure you don't get got. Or no, because Bly was racing another journalist at the time. I don't know if you know. Oh, this. I did not know yes. about that. One. Like she she decided she decided like on a whim. She was like, "I just read this Jules Verne book about traveling around the world in 80 days." She went to her editor and she was like, "I'm going to do this." And her editor was like, Fuck no, you're a woman. And she said, well, if you won't, if you won't pay me to do this, I know other newspapers that will. Yeah. But like, as soon as she leaves, like, the other newspapers, they catch wind that a, a woman's being sent to, like, retrace that journey. So they send a woman going in the opposite direction, and they're thinking, like, we might be able to get her there first. Yeah, uh, they sent Elizabeth Bisland, uh, yeah, Cosmopolitan, uh, sponsored her. Cosmopolitan, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, Cosmopolitan has been around for a really long time and actually used to be pretty cool. If Cosmopolitan were still doing that, then I would I would subscribe. Yes. So basically we need to think about Oh god. Yeah, I really shouldn't have jumped into this pitch without first establishing our new Doctor Who because this is really awkward, but I just I got carried away. Um Come to think of it, we could just use random Doctor Who. We, we we could just use random doctors and random companions and not explain how it fits into the lore. Yeah, like we could yeah. have Thasmin on another globe trotting adventure. They've done it before. But also, I want to put I want to put Paul McGann in this. 
Okay. Not as Doctor Who. I just want to put Paul McGann in it. I think it would be really, in- yeah, because I think it would be really interesting to put some of the older actors in villainous roles. Ooh. The idea would be that every single one of these episodes, we would have, well, we would have an A plot, which is like, I don't know, a random, a random doctor and a random companion, potentially not even the doctor and the companion, potentially not even ones that have worked together. Mm-hmm. And then you might also include other actors as villains. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It could be fun. Hmm. I also, another thing that I want to do, and this is going to end up really heavy on the historicals, I guess, but I want to adapt the Bone Wars. Okay. The uh, who? <laughs> so I d- okay, so in uh, in the sort of like the the 19th century, you had these two paleontologists, Edward Drinker Cook. Oh, and- those Bone Wars. I thought you were talking about like a Doctor Who expanded universe thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, so you have Edward, yeah, you've got this Cope guy and you've got this Marsh guy and they're really trying to show each other up. Like, I discovered more fossils than you or like, you fucked up this reconstruction. You've got stuff like the Elasmosaurus, which I don't know if that was specifically that issue, but like, or the Apatosaurus, I think was the point of contention where you've got stuff that's been reconstructed wrong. And then one paleontologist looks at it and he's like, you fucked this one up. And that's hugely embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I think it might be fun to do an episode about that where I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically we could cast Peter Capaldi as Edward Drinker Cope and he digs up like he digs up something alien. Yeah. And he mistakes it for like a dinosaur fossil and he puts it on display, but it, it accidentally like it goes on the loose. Mm-hmm. So something that's like bony and three dimensional. It would like it would take a fuck ton of CGI budget, but. Uh, or puppets. Oh, or puppets. Yeah, but I'm wondering. I- I'm wondering which doctor we would put in this, and what companion. If you we want to really mix a bunch of stuff up, we could have. What if it was the fugitive doctor was encountering this scenario, but her companion was played by Paul McGann? <laughs> oh God, I actually do want to put the fugitive doctor in with Peter Capaldi. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, because like the fugitive doctor portrayal is very much based on Peter Capaldi's. 12th doctor so to have to play them against each other would be really exciting um god i'm looking over my notes and i've realized that like uh i've kind of written myself into a corner here sorry usually these podcast things they they go off without a hitch i assume but i've suddenly like i've completely blanked we we i don't know if you've listened to us before but we have had like a series of episodes just half an hour long because we're like well and that's all i got what if it was good? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you guys have like particular stories that you think ought to be explored? Like historical events that have a time lord situation or Sure, let's yeah. let's do all historicals. Why not? <laughs> See, cuz I I like all just the crystal garden or like the yeah, crystal garden dinosaurs that those shenanigans. Mm. Uh, but I don't want to put this to make this too dinosaur heavy. Oh god. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let let's just make it dinosaur heavy. Fuck it. <laughs> no. Uh, and we we do need to start talking about the B plot, which would be. Well, uh, I don't know. The B plot would have. Fuck the B plot. <laughs> what if uh? What if some of the daughter? What if some of the doctors careened into like. A, one of those really bad conspiracy theories to disprove it, like 
Like Roswell or something. Roswell or the Roswell's one where they're like, um, oh. chi- China burned their fleet of ships because they discovered America in the 1400s. Oh, or that, that one where like there's a missing sentry because the Pope wanted his reign to start on an even number, and so he convinced yep. all of Europe to just erase a century of history. And apparently, this affects all of world history. Totally ignoring that China was one of the best record record keeping civilizations out there. <laughs> I think if we're doing conspiracy theories, then we need to have Bill in this. Yes. So we we could have Bill, and then we'd need like we'd need a different doctor, uh, because we've already used Capaldi. Uh... Hmm. Who would? It's either who would Bill get along really well with, or who would she get along really poorly with? I feel like Bill would like Nine. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, Bill would like Nine. Yeah, that works. And then why is she with Nine? Well, you know, time shenanigans. You know, she was a Cyberman, and then she yeah. got turned into a, a a space thing, and now she's back again. <laughs> Well, again, it's it's this idea of prehistory, like, the, the entire, like, cause and effect and, like, the timeline and such are in flux, presumably until the finale, mm-hmm. in which everything coalesces into the, the Doctor Who timeline as it is understood. Okay, yeah. Which means, basically, which means, like, fuck the lore, we're gonna take all these actors and we're gonna put them in some really good stories. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, are we thinking Bill, Nine, and... What a missing century! Yeah, I'm trying to find that that like conspiracy theory about the Pope. Oh, speaking of Pope conspiracy theories, have you heard about like the Pope Joan stuff? Yes. Yes. Now that could be really fun. Like it's this conspiracy. Th- well, it's not a conspiracy theory, but it's like a legend rather, which is. All but almost certainly fictional, but the idea that the Pope at some point was a lady in disguise as a guy, and yeah. nobody really knew until they gave birth, like on the street one day in the eight hundreds, like during a procession. <laughs> That's how you know this is probably a legend. It's from the freaking eight hundreds. Just a really, <laughs> a re- a- really weird episode of I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> My secret pregnancy. <laughs> Anyway, the Phantom Time Hypothesis is a historical conspiracy theory asserted by Herbert Illig, uh, published in 1991. It hypothesizes a conspiracy by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII to fabricate the Anno Domini dating system retroactively in order to place to place them at the special year of AD 1000 and to rewrite history to legitimize Otto's claim to the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, it's dumb and there's just time way bullshit. Too many- yeah. <laughs> so how how do how do we make this about aliens? An alien and th- there's an alien trying to make phantom time happen. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, uh do you know the episode of series 10 with the monks? Yes. Where the idea was that, like, there were a couple of years where the world was dominated and everyone just kind of forgot. Yeah. So what if you have an alien who, like, makes all this phantom time happen to to cover up, like, an attempted invasion that went wrong? Like, they, they attempt to, like, take over the world and it takes, like, about a century or so, so, but, like, it gets fucked up in such a way that they, in order to cover it up, they have to mess things up in such a way that, like... They have to mess around with dates. 
Because that kind of gets into... Do you know about the unit dating controversy? No. Okay, so it's there's a long-standing issue with dating in unit in Doctor Who. And I don't mean that in like the the dating sense. <laughs> I mean it <laughs> not in that uh, sense the other Yeah, sense. there's a long uh, yeah, there's a long-standing issue with dating in unit in that like you know, none of these none of these hot like Doctor Who characters ever got together. <laughs> You've got all these classic Who stories which presumably take place in specific years but like there's discrepancies in such a way that even the doctor who wiki has has like trouble sorting it out because you've got stuff that canonically took place after other stuff but the the years don't line up it's kind of like oh god this is going to be really niche you know love never dies yes (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like how in uh, Love Never Dies, which, you know, the sequel to Phantom of the Opera, Andrew Lloyd Webber decided that it was going to take place 10 years after the Phantom of the Opera. But Phantom of the Opera is set in the 1770s and Love Never Dies is set in 1907. So you've got something like that going on with the entire Third Doctor era. Okay. So, I don't know. There's a history in Doctor Who with dating issues. And again, I don't mean that in the shipping sense. <laughs> I mean, in this universe, time is a kind of flexible so oh ooh, ooh, ooh. uh what if the doctor like a doctor a random doctor and you know bill they're like trying to work out what's been going on with like with this calendar issue and they accidentally come across like they accidentally step on their own tracks as it were like they figure out that they were involved in something during the time that's been messed up in the calendars Okay. And they have to like reverse engineer what it is that they did that led to the led to the conspiracy. So obviously, like the Pope is an alien. Yes. Uh, the Pope is an alien. Like whatever solution ends up happening, creates the creates the discrepancy that leads to phantom time conspiracy theories. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think having the Pope be an alien would be allowed on TV? I don't think it would have to be a real pope it'd have to be an alien disguised as the pope and then the other pope shows up my we got we got away with young pope yeah maybe we can get away with space pope we we also did get away with the pope in extremis yeah That's right there was a pope there yeah we already did the pope joke with like the pope accidentally intruding on bill's date with some random woman which means that we'd have two episodes with bill and the pope but what, but what, was that the real Pope or was that the simulation Pope? <laughs> that was the simulation Pope, yes. But also I was thinking like there were, aside from the young Pope, there's also been uh, the Borgias, which is about the sexy Popes. So the Catholic Church, is, I think they're pretty okay the further back you go because, I don't know, they kind of own their history sometimes. Mm. Like, yeah, there was that one time one Pope dug up a different dead pope and put that guy on trial for heresy (laughs) (laughs) what if the pope was a time lord (laughs) what oh yo what if the pope was the monk the meddling monk Ooh. oh god no that's really good yeah the meddling monk from like the first doctor era yeah which i'm i'm generally surprised they have not brought the monk back yet at all in the revival 
Oh, so we could do the Pope is the meddling monk for number one. Uh, for like the first episode, we could do we could do Nelly Bly's voyage for the second episode. Uh, we could do Bone Wars for number three, and we just uh we just keep having like these unorthodox Doctor companion combinations and like previous actors playing characters that they wouldn't necessarily have played in the past. Mm-hmm. And then for the final episode, we we introduce a new Doctor who is again Shuji Gatwa. And, uh, yeah, but we, we can get to that later. What else is there historically that, uh, what, what else is there that's historical that could be fun? Because, uh, yeah, I brought up Pope Joan, but we can't do two Pope episodes. Like, we've already, <laughs> we're already on thin ice with two Bill Pope episodes, but three Pope episodes is... A little much. <laughs> um... People might start thinking that we had, like, uh... Catholic aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. The doctor has become Catholic. No, the doctor has become canon, but like in the biblical sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if uh, Bill is with Nine, she would probably ask him if he's Catholic. It'd be just because he is so guilty. <laughs> oh god. Uh, although, I suppose technically this Nine isn't actually post-Time War Nine. Like because these are these are these are doctors theoretically these are doctors that have not not been seen before, but it's not just David Tennant, so it's okay. Oh wait, so so is this this isn't nine? This is an incarnation of the Doctor that just happens to look like nine. I I guess so, and this isn't this isn't Bill from within the stage uh, within the within this within the arc of series ten. This is just like this is Bill as a person who has come into like nine's companionship in some sort of way. Okay. Because again, we're we're just ignoring canon for yeah. this. We're we're getting as many actors as we can in on it. We're like doing whatever unorthodox combinations we we feel like doing, and then we can sort everything out later after we've done the history stuff. Who was the, if I remember correctly, the Spanish guy who wanted to spy on the Nazis and he wasn't allowed to, so he did it anyways. Oh, uh, Juan Pujol Garcia. I used Pujol instead of Pujol because. Obvious reasons are obvious. Anyway, uh, he was a Catalan guy. Um, he had supported the Republican side of the Spanish Civil War. So he hated the fascists in Spain. <laughs> and uh, World War II rolls around and Spain's neutral uh, because they have just fought a civil war. <laughs> and he's like, I want to I want to spy on these Nazi fucks. <laughs> and the Brits are like, no, 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 we'll be okay. So he starts manning. He basically pretends to be a double agent by like presenting himself to the Germans as like I am I want to be a double agent for you guys but I'm actually going to make up all this shit and then once he had a certain amount of I guess clout he goes over to the Brits and be like hey I'm telling them all these lies and the Brits are like fucking genius we want you to work for us now <laughs> so yeah he just lied his way through World War II it was fantastic and then he fucks off to Venezuela for a bit. People thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's iconic. So what's our Doctor Who story here? Oh, maybe... Maybe the Abwehr does send someone competent because someone is like, Hey, nobody drinks wine in Wales. I, I can confirm that that's not true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I live in Wales. There are people who drink wine here. My thinking was... so. I'm just looking at the intro of his Wikipedia page. Uh, the Allies finally accepted Pujol, 
when wait was it Pujol or Pujol? Uh, it's either he was Catalan, so he would have probably said uh, Pujol. Okay, so the Allies finally accepted uh, Pujol when the Germans spent considerable resources attempting to hunt down a fictitious convoy. So what if the convoy that he just invented out of thin air? whatever was going on down there is actually some alien thing and so the doctor and companion have to intervene to keep the nazis from getting their hands on some kind of alien tech and also try and figure out how he knew about it and it turns out he didn't it really was just a coincidence (laughs) (laughs) i just made it up (laughs) because his his whole situation is just i accidentally turned spying on nazis into a screwball comedy Or what if he actually, what if he actually witnessed something that was really out there, but like, but because, like, he can't say it because, like, he would immediately get, like, found out as if, as somebody who's making everything up, even though what he saw is actually correct. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Germans like their Wunderwaffen, and why not throw in some aliens in there? Because that's always been a thing within Nazi conspiracies. Dear Lord. What if we started casting, like... I think we need to get more, like, companion actors in here. But I don't think... I can't think of anyone who could play this guy. Here's a... Yeah. Here's a very... S- potentially bad idea. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so I was I was also browsing the Doctor Who TV tropes. In the second Doctor's era, there was a ruthless Mexican scientist named Ramon Salamander, who was played by Patrick Trotton, just through random coincidence. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. So what if, so what if uh, Garcia was played by Oscar Isaac, made up to look like Patrick Troughton? <laughs> <laughs> made up to look like. <laughs> I feel like that could actually border on offensive. Okay. <laughs> Although Oscar Isaac pretending to be a British guy is or is always a funny gag. I mean, that's what he's been doing recently, isn't yeah. it? Oh yeah. He had a whole show about it. So we've got this guy, Juan Pujol Garcia, who either he makes something up and it coincidentally turns into it turns out to be true, or he witnesses something that is true, but like everyone assumes that he's made it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one do we think is funnier? I, th- I think the coincidence is funnier, but actually witnessing something does make a little bit more sense. And like with the the rest of the situation can easily lend itself to comedy anyway, so I don't think we need to like layer it on. Mm. We could get Billy Piper playing the Doctor. Oh, that would be fun. Oh, you know, you know what we could do? We could get Alex Kingston playing the Doctor. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, like I'm tempted to like just say have Michelle Yeoh do it, but first of all, not British. Second of all, not Doctor Who related anyway. Alex Kingston playing the Doctor. David Tennant as a companion. <laughs> <laughs> And just like, just like complete, like just copy, copy paste the writing for ten and like River to the two of them. Yeah, but like on opposite ones. Yeah. So you bring David Tennant back, but not as the tenth Doctor, and you bring Alex Kingston back, but not as River Song. That would, and that would be so good because like, first you'd think it's just ten and River, and then Alex Kingston introduces herself as the Doctor, and you're like, oh, it's a lab ploy. And there probably wouldn't be until like a later episode where like, oh no, the like this is a legit doctor played by Alex Kingston. Or you could you know who could play a really good doctor? Jenna Coleman. Didn't she pretend to be the doctor in an episode? 
Yeah, she, like multiple times. <laughs> like it's a whole thing. <laughs> like arguably, it's her entire arc. Alternatively, we could get Jenna Coleman in the Nellie Bly episode if she can do a decent American accent as Nellie Bly. You know what would be fun, and just just because they never had a chance to interact. What if it was Jenna Coleman and Karen Gillan? But they're both playing doctors, and so we have a multi-doctor story with two people who have not previously played the doctor. No, that could be good, yeah. All sweet. How do we fit James Corden into this? Can we not? <laughs> Please, no. But uh, James Corden plays Davros. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doctor Who is the only time James Corden is tolerable. Or we, uh, we, we bring in Craig, but we specifically recast him. Oh, okay. Because we're allowed to do that. We can cast anyone as anyone. I can get behind that. <laughs> so, like, if our pretense is that, like, Chris Chibnall threw out the lore, then we can basically say, like, again, we have this pre-lore period where we can just cast anyone as anyone, so let's just go ham with it. Yeah. Bring in Craig specifically just to recast him. So, James Corden, not in this. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to put Craig Ferguson in here somewhere. Craig Ferguson. The... The f- former host of the Late Late Show, who James Corden took over for. Oh no! You know who we? You know what we could do? We could put him in like whichever episode Peter Capaldi ends up in, because they were in a band. Oh, exactly. Uh, he could play Marsh in the Bone Wars, just like heavy makeup. Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Peter Capaldi feuding with Craig Ferguson. <laughs> okay, so this is starting to take shape. I'm going to start writing everything out. So <laughs> episode one. Plus, potentially Clara as Nellie Bly, or Jenna Coleman, or like an actual American, but depending on whether she can do the accent or not. Um, two, uh, Capaldi and Ferguson, and we need to pick a doctor. Were we going to have a fugitive doctor show up in that one? Oh yeah, we were. Fugitive doctor and the dog dude. Or, not the dog dude, we could have the fugitive doctor and... Who would work with the Fugitive Doctor, do you think? What if it was Wilf? Oh, that could work, yeah. Although, there's the question of whether Bernard Cribbins would be able to film, because he's in a wheelchair nowadays, right? Well, isn't he coming back? Which is not, he's, he's coming back for the 60th, isn't it? Didn't, didn't they announce? Yeah, but he's coming, he's, he's coming back in a wheelchair. So that's, the, that's we'd fine. have, which is not a problem. We can put him in. Exactly. We'll just, he do, and he doesn't have to be playing Wilf. Yeah, he could probably do it. Like, we, we would have to write around it, but it wouldn't be an issue. Like, you could find, uh, finally, like, a Doctor Who actor who doesn't break their knee from running too much. <laughs> didn't, like, didn't, like, Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi have to get the exact same knee surgery from, like, fucking up their knees? I didn't hear that, but that makes sense. Yeah. It's a show about running. Number three, Missing Century with... How many are we thinking? How many episodes are we thinking? Like, six? Yeah, that makes sense. Bill and nine... Number four, we were doing River Song and uh, we were doing Alex Kingston and David Tennant, right? Yes. And they were with Juan Pujol. Oh, actually, here's a question. Who are we casting as the monk in the Missing Century episode? Hmm. Do we want to be reusing a Doctor Who actor or do you want someone new? Um, I think Sylvester McCoy could do it. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Like, we don't have to only reuse actors, but it could be... If that's the appeal of doing a 60th anniversary special, we should at least do it. We should have fun with it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number five. Uh, God. What if... I think we want to, like... What if we, like, tried and 
expanded the range of the like let's try and do like a historical event that happened not in the global north oh yeah that's a good point hmm the only issue is that we don't really get taught a lot about historical events that weren't in the global north yeah and another issue is that like the vast majority of our stock of actors are white Wait. yeah although Freema Ajiman could really like not playing Martha playing somebody with like more of a backbone <laughs> Wait, like, no offense to Martha, obviously, but, like, she deserves better. <laughs> yeah. She went through situations. Um, it could be something that was pre-colonial as well. Ooh. Would it be weird to do ancient Egypt? I don't think it would be weird. Uh, especially because, like, we have the the best records, and, like, I'm not gonna say that it's in the global north, but just because it gets lumped in with the classics period so much, it does seem like kind of... I'm not, I don't want to say obvious, well, but like in the vicinity? Well, it gets lumped with classic stuff, but the most interesting stuff happened during the Bronze Age. Um, and their cultural orientation was more like southern and towards the Near East, anyway. Mm. So things get interesting there. Um, or maybe do something during the Armana period when Akhenaten was like, hey, we're only going to worship the sun. There's, like, we could do the Byzantine Roman Empire. Yeah, that's true. Although, I don't know anything in particular that happened then. <laughs> I mean, they also decided to only worship the sun, but it was the other one. Yeah, the other <laughs> S-O-N <laughs> instead of S-U-N. <laughs> oh, we can put, we can do another Pope episode. Or <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could do something regarding, like, Justinian. Uh, everybody likes Justinian. Because it was a plague of Theodora and the Nico riots. Um, but you could get some interesting Ben-Hur situations out of that one. Um, I'm so sorry to whoever's editing this. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm just going through my Rolodex of ancient Near Eastern history because there's also the whole... I, I like the idea of having something set in ancient Egypt because, okay, I haven't watched a whole lot of Doctor Who. How much stuff gets set in ancient Egypt? I don't think- There's nothing- I think there's one episode that deals with ancient Egypt at all. There's- I think there's like one- yeah, maybe one or two episodes that are in Egypt. They definitely like to do space Egypt, like here's some mummies from space. Um. Oh yeah, they did Mummy on the Orient Express. Yes. Which wasn't even a mummy; it was a future boy or something. Um, also, they they did have the one episode where was it Cleopatra or Nefertiti in Dinosaurs on a Spaceship? It was Nefertiti and Dinosaurs on the Spaceship. But also, Alex Kingston did play Cleopatra at one point. Well, she was playing Re River Song dressed up as Cleopatra. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was with the hallucinogenic lipstick too. So like, she gets a pass for that. They were just on drugs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because one of the favorite conspiracies of the ancient alien type is that aliens built the pyramids. And oh god, yeah. <laughs> or no, you know what? I I actually have another idea. Um, Arthur Darville, Julius Caesar. Ooh. Oh. Because like he's already played a Roman. Like it would be funny, although yeah. no, perhaps not funny enough to. Not funny enough to build an episode around, but like the gossip around Julius Caesar and Cleopatra and all that. Yeah, yeah. What if Cleopatra okay. gets so much attention already? 
what if it was time travelers are trying to find proof that aliens built the pyramids <laughs> and the do- doctor and companion have to stop them because they're gonna like destroy these historical artifacts yes yeah that's really good so the main thrust of the episode is that actually actually aliens aren't involved this time and that's the issue yeah yeah it'd be in a similar vein to the rosa parks episode where it's just a collection of assholes from the future trying to ruin it for everyone although maybe the maybe the resolution of the episode is like the doctor posing as like the ancient aliens who supposedly built the pyramids but they like they like pretend to bring the like the time travelers in on the conspiracy like no you can't tell anyone but we like we definitely did it but you can't tell anyone because this <laughs> like they have to lie through their teeth i like it <laughs> it's like yes it's it's me the ancient aliens like you can't tell anyone because um the fate of the world like is in your hands etc 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 and then i have another pitch for a historical one that takes place outside of europe I may not pronounce this right, but the Hyjin or C-Ban that happened during mm. Ming Empire and early King Empire. The... Could you repeat that? The the Hyjin or C-Ban. An isolationist policy is restricting maritime trading. Hyjin. Okay, let, one second. I'm gonna need to Google this. Uh, There's a link. Like, I'm really sorry, but I have trouble with uh, white people speaking Chinese. It takes me a moment Fair to enough. process. <laughs> There we go. Okay, isolationist policies, policies, Japanese piracy, etc., etc. Okay, what specifically about this do we want to talk about? So, just the it's usually ascribed to national defense against piracy, but there's a lot of like conspiracies around it, and the possibility that there's like other stuff that may have been going on there. Mm -hmm. Like I, I briefly mentioned at the top of the episode, like. Some people think it's because they secretly discovered America in the 1400s and then had to hide their knowledge from the rest of the world or some weird bullshit. That is full bullshit. Um, mm. But there, there's a possibility, like, it's, it's a blurry enough era that we could fit some alien shenanigans in. Right. Um, so what, would we have them actually discover America? No, or... I don't want to give no. any credence to that, that fool. Like, again, they would have actually have recorded that entire thing. Um, like, the previous treasure ships of Zheng He went westward to, like, um, they went to the coast of Africa. That's as far as they went, and then came back. They brought, like, a giraffe back. Actually, uh, the ancient, like, the two conspiracy episodes are giving me, like, sort of an idea for the through line. Okay. What if, like, the main conflict of the thing is, like, you've got somebody who is, like, traveling through time trying to make sense of everything. Like, they've got all these, like, conspiracy theories and they keep, like, coming up against the Doctor and, like, they're trying to work out the timeline, but it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they're trying to rationalize everything. Like, a lot of conspiracy theories are born out of this need to have everything be rational and logical. Like, everything has a reason. These big events have to happen. For a reason. When in reality, they just happened. <laughs> like, there's so many, like, trends and forces on, like, the macro scale and just people on the micro scale, like, kind of doing stuff. <laughs> like, it's the whole. It's kind of like the butterfly effect of just 
of how history actually works. It's like a butterfly flaps its wings in one place and a tornado happens in another place and it's just like all these little things that add up and into the big thing but also the big thing affects these little things and the history just doesn't work on a super rational you do x you get y result and this poor person just cannot tolerate that <laughs> you've got this character who's like traveling back who's like traveling through time and attempting to like attempting to rationalize what's going on throughout history and they're coming up against these doctors who are very clearly mismatched or miscast and so on and so on and so on and like they're just getting progressively more and more confused and that lends itself to like a final arc episode after the after we figure out what we're doing with china <laughs> or after we figure out no actually uh if we only need to do 6 episodes and 6 seems appropriate for the 60th anniversary mm-hmm. Like we need to figure out what we're doing with Egypt, and then, and then we're there. Like we have, we have a, fin- we have space for a finale. Yeah, we really need to finish up the Egypt one, and then we, we need to work out how we're going to retrofit an arc onto all of this. I mean, all I know all this. I, I know a whole bunch of interesting stuff happened in ancient Egypt, but like now that now that now that we're like zeroing in on it, everything's blanking out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> the Haitian is also interesting, but like, it's not really. It's rather difficult to build a story around the lack of information. There's not much to build on. Well, the funny thing, like, going with the whole ancient aliens built the pyramids is that, like, we've eventually figured out how the pyramids were built. In fact, the information was kind of already on the walls for us to, you know, read. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the ancient aliens episode. Yeah. I remember now. I forgot. Yeah. So, it's we can actually maybe demonstrate how they were building the wall, building the pyramids and just, you know, it's the whole thing Tanner suggested of like the doctor and the companion for this episode have to trick the time travelers into, you know, keeping quiet about, about the whole alien thing, because the, the fate of the timeline rests in your silence. Yeah. We're really playing this by ear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think, okay, for the finale, my idea is, so in Doctor Who Flux, which you guys haven't watched, I guess, <laughs> uh, there, there was, there was an end scene where, where the Doctor comes face to face with like a personification of time. And the personification of time talks about like how like everything comes to an end and the Doctor's time is running out. Mm-hmm. But that personification of time is like also played by Jodie Whittaker. They're like, but it might be interesting to it might be interesting to wit- bring Whitaker back as not as the doctor but as time itself okay to pass that on to like our 14th doctor um i don't know i just don't know how i'm going to make this work like we've got all these really great ideas for stories but like now we actually have to do our homework and fit it in with everything else unless we just didn't we could just not we did yeah. what if we did just instead mm-hmm. make a collection of let's just make a really good season yeah continuity light yeah just focus on good stories and yeah then bim bam new doctor yeah at most we could have like maybe 13 and yasmin appearing in the background briefly kind of the same way that um clara and her incarnations did with her whole situation Mm. and they're like oh so here's another place where time went wonky okay jot that down anyways 
I think maybe just like hit the ground running with a new doctor. Like we've we've had all these like repeats. Just like have the new doctor in episode six. Oh yeah. And then we can, because I talked about doing a time loop episode earlier. We can just do that now. I was thinking it might be fun to have the doctor like undercover in a hospital. Okay. Doctor Who actually pretending to be a doctor. <laughs> Although it's almost been done with uh the one with. Martha's introductory episode, but I think in that one he specifically wasn't a doctor. Oh, I I suppose we probably ought to put the Daleks in here somewhere. Although maybe the Daleks could be in the the World War Two episode as the thing that got witnessed. Yes. Oh yeah. Especially since they're since they're basically Nazi themed. <laughs> okay, so to reiterate, we've got like Journey Around the World with thirteen Yaz and like possibly Jenna Coleman. We've got. Uh, Bone Wars with Peter Capaldi, Craig Ferguson, The Fugitive Doctor, and Will. You've got The Missing Century with Bill, Nine, and The Meddling Monk, who is possibly Sylvester McCoy. You've got uh, Alex Kingston and David Tennant in the World War II episode with the, with, with the Catalan spy and the Daleks, I guess. We've got Ancient Aliens with... Who? Uh... Um... I suppose we probably ought to like we probably ought to involve Matt Smith at some point. But Matt Smith should be one of the bad time travelers. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Matt Smith, Matt Smith villain. Yeah. Uh, just characterize him as the guy from Morbius. Exactly. <laughs> He'll do his dance and everything. Or like characterize him however we like and people can just assume he's characterized like the bad guy from Morbius because nobody's watched Morbius. But I, but I think enough people have seen the dance scene and they just extrapolate from there. So we've got the Morb episode. Um, and wh- who have, oh, we could probably just do the Karen Gillan as Doctor Who. There we go. We talked about doing it. We're yeah. doing it. Yes. We're K- Karen Gillan and Jenna Coleman are both the Doctor. And then we've got 14th Doctor introduction, Keith Gatwa, do a standard episode, I guess. Or... We could do another historical, but there's not really... But we, I think we've run out of ideas. You see, this is... Yeah. I, yeah. I think this is why the showrunners keep quitting. <laughs> On second thoughts, like, Russell T. Davies can, like, he, he can continue doing this job. I don't want it. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to write down good episode. <laughs> they should just make a good episode of Doctor Who. Have they considered doing that? They've definitely tried. This is groundbreaking. Like, what if Doctor Who, but, like... um, (laughs) Get good, Doctor Who. So, set it in, like, a setting which is interesting, and have supporting cast who are good actors, and a script which is well-written. Wow, like, we're so good at this. Yep. (laughs) I'm sure this has never been attempted before. This is so specific. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Sounds great. (laughs) That's it, I guess. We've yeah, we've kind of reached the end of our rope as well. So in that case, I'm gonna pull out a sonic screwdriver and use it to insert a friendship promo to this episode. Hey, wanna go on an adventure? <laughs> this is quite enough adventure for me, please. No. I left Bob outside to work on the solar panel, so nothing is wrong. Just wanted to communicate. I'm inside. Okay. So, uh, no one, no one else is uh, having this reaction. No, 
I, I, I guess no one else would because uh, no one else was outside building a shelter. <laughs> the captain uh, needed some alone time. What do you mean? She was getting a bit aggressive in our conversation, and then, then she burst into what I'm told are called tears. Thank you, Beatrix. Please don't murder Bartholomew. I can't guarantee that, Beatrix, but check back in about two minutes. Civilized, an improvised dark comedy sci-fi podcast. Visit civilizedpod.com. We're not lost. I'm not, not going to say we're, we're lost. lost. We're not lost. We're not lost. <laughs> we're not lost, Captain. Maybe we don't know where we are. Hey, Bobby, this was fun. Thank you for being here today. Was it, though? <laughs> it was. I like talking yeah. about weird history shenanigans. Well, yeah, weird history shenanigans are, also, are always fun. Yeah, in conclusion... Uh, don't watch my YouTube channel. You can find it at Bad News from Outer Space, but, like, don't watch my YouTube channel. But, uh, Prehistoric Planet is airing right about now, and it's really good, and you should go watch that on the Apple thingy. I don't know, I pirate it. Exactly. I just, I, I'm, I don't know if I can handle getting an emotional connection to dinosaurs and then watching them suffer, so I'm just living vicariously through gifts. Mm-hmm. I like the guy with the blue arms. Yeah, so you can find me, but don't. Uh, stand dinosaurs. This is really embarrassing. It's uh, it's fine. You're, you're doing terrific. Do you do you actually want to share your Twitter or just leave it at that? Oh shit! Yeah, I have a Twitter. <laughs> I thought um, that's what you were hinting at with the "Don't find me." No, 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 no! I I, I forgot. I do have a Twitter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's at bad outer, no spaces or anything, like bad news from outer space. I just took the second and the, the, the first and then the second to last word on Twitter. Um, if I ever publish anything good ever again, you can watch it. Uh, you can watch the Newsies video. The Newsies, the Newsies video still exists. Tanner's in that. No, I'm not. You cut me and put Surgeon instead. Well, Tanner's in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. His accent was better anyways. Uh, yeah, I had basically everyone I knew did the accent, and I just picked the best one. <laughs> um, yeah, watch Surge instead. Go to... go to what, Watch Surge's YouTube channel instead. Go to Cold Crash Pictures. <laughs> uh, yeah, do not find me. That is all. Thank yeah, you. Okay. <laughs> Lindsay, do you want to be found on the internet? Uh, sure. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476, that's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and they're kind of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. You can also email us at notifireboutyoufirst at gmail.com or you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite wacky history scenario. And that email is also where you can send us a French or promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube or your big Finnish audio drama. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about this show or others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, and her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is done by Sean Clake, whose contact info is available upon request. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Soto, and Assiniboine, and homeland of the Métis.
So, uh, Tanner. No, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> it's you. Yeah, it's me. The people have spoken, and they have chosen for me to reboot a almost popular 2000s post-apocalyptic TV series. Yeah, it got cancelled, yeah. and then the fans said, don't cancel it, and so they didn't, but then they did anyway. Yeah, well, the network was kind of bad about cancelling everything. The, the Television is fake. Every production yeah. is basically just an elaborate money laundering scheme. Mm-hmm. That's why- Am I still supposed to be here? No, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, now, now, I'm, now I'm trying to figure out what that is. <laughs> It's CBS Jericho. Now we're just there. We go. We're just rambling. <laughs> yep. But until next time, we'll talk about that, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>